2: Welcome to Long Sight for our little um, talk today. So what um,
3: what are you going to ask me? That was the voice of one of British Speedway's all-time legends, Peter Collins, M.V.E. A one-club man, he only ever rode for the Bellevue Aces in Great Britain, and his... Roll call of honours is as long as his arm, but it's not as long as his roll call of individual honours, which, of course, is led by his world title win in 1976. Now he's put all of his stories into a book. It's been long awaited. Keeping it on the tyres is the name of his new autobiography. It's over 500 pages. There's loads to go at, and it's uh, available now. And in this podcast, we'll hopefully give you a bit of a flavour of the kind of thing you can expect from the book and we'll listen back to some of Peter's great moments as well.
0: Can Peter Collins avenge that world championship defeat in Gothenburg? Can he beat his old ex-teammate, his old rival, Ivan Major? Major is the one who is taking his time to settle, trying the old kidology perhaps. Collins got a quick starter. Major, of course, like jet lightning. And it's Major on the outside and Collins on the inside. And it's Major leads into the first quarter. Collins is in second place, in third place and it's Gordon Kenneth and Kennett and it's got the better line around the outside of Collins and Kennett's gone towering under Major and Major wasn't expecting that and now we've got Collins trying the inside run on Kennett and this really is super speedway Kenneth battling back again under Collins and Collins now trying the outside run Collins is going to be the winner and what a winner Peter Collins
3: during the 1970s and early 80s, Peter Collins was a national hero, really. It's hard to compare a British speedway rider who would have the same exposure and the same stature in uh, the eye of the British public than uh, Peter had back then. He was on the back pages of the UK tabloids, a true sporting superstar. And of course, his performances were on national TV back then, as you just heard there, with a the great Dave Lanning commentating on one of his international performances. He had a globe trotting lifestyle. It was living the life of a rock star as we'll hear and uh, had bigger paydays than those of contemporary international footballers certainly at the time and as a speedway rider he achieved everything And he was a one-club man, only ever rode for the Bellevue Aces, and for the Aces, this is what he won. He won three British League titles, 71, 72 and 82, a Knockout Cup in 72, 73 and 75, the League Cup in 1983, the Inter-League Knockout Cup in 1975, the British League pairs with Chris Morton, his great friend, in 1984, and uh, he also broke the Hyde Road track record on two occasions. In 1975, in a World Cup qualifier, And in a Grand Prix round, uh, as it was then in 1976, of course, the year that uh, he became the world champion as well. So those are his achievements just with the Bellevue Aces and as an individual rider. As far as representing his country, he represented his country 154 times, a record that's almost certainly never going to be broken due to the sheer amount of fixtures required to do that. England 136 caps, British Lions 12 caps, Great Britain 2 caps, Great Britain Under-23s 3 caps, and uh, he also got an England cap in Division 2 as well, just the 1 cap there. But his major honours, well, of course, he won the World Championship in 1976. He also won the Seagrave Trophy in that year. As well. He's won five World Team Cups uh, 73, 74, 75, 77, and 1980. Um, four World Pairs winners uh, With uh, 1977 alongside Malcolm Simmons 1980 alongside Dave Jessup 83 with Kenny Carter And 84 with Chris Morton He's been European Champion in 74 The Intercontinental Champion in 76 and 77 British Champion in 79 Masters of Speedway in 78 British League Riders Champion in 74 and 75 The International in 74 and 78 a British Grand Prix in 76 British under 21 champion in 73 the Daily Mirror International tournament winner in 73 and he broke the track record at Wembley in the World Team Cup final in 1973 it was heat two in case you were wondering what heat he did and that's just his uh, a list of his achievements let alone the actual stories that go with it so I caught up with Peter Collins before his book signing uh, at the Longsight Sports and Social Club, which is just adorned with Bellevue Aces memorabilia from yesteryear and right next door to the National Speedway Stadium as well. So there was a huge queue gathering outside of or fans, of friends, as I say, of um, heroes of Speedway as well. People like uh, uh, Jason Crump were in the queue to go and meet Peter Collins and get their book signed. And uh, I caught up with Peter and uh, started by talking about the, the venue that we were at at Sight and, uh, you know, the, the memories that that area of Manchester has, has brought to to Peter in his life.
2: Well obviously Long Sight's very sort of familiar to me because obviously the, the site of the old Hyde Road track is just about a mile from here, mm. or half a mile in fact. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's where I had some of the best moments of my life in there and I only ever rode for one club which was Bellevue. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great to be back um, so close to the place.
3: It is, it is, one, and especially at this time as well, where Bellevue have, have now won the, the league title after so long again and, and back on top of the Speedway world in this country too.
2: That's right, yeah, because, you know, during my son sort of time at Bellevue, when I first joined the club, we won the league championship um, twice while I was in the team, and also three times because they won it before I joined. Uh, I joined Bellevue in six, no, 70, Won. So I won the league championship with them in 71 and 72 and they'd won it the previous year as well.
3: It was a rich time, wasn't it? Because the, 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 the Bellevue Aces side at that time was, was also uh, evolving as well from you know, the Peter Craven era, Sir Jostin and, and riders like that too. Well,
2: Bellevue has got such a fantastic history because the club started in 1929. Um, and initially they started at the Dog Stadium and then um, the owners of Bellevue built the, the, the world famous Hyde Road track where I spent all of my career.
3: Not a bad home track to have for your entire career. Well, it
2: was very, very special. I mean, so famous. It was like, like wherever you go in the world, if you mention Manchester, everybody knows about Manchester United. But if you go to a country that knows anything about Speedway, you mention Manchester and they all know about Bellevue Speedway. You know, historically it's the most famous club in the world.
0: Heat number 14, let's watch this outside. Olsen White, remember, Collins on the outside in good four. And it looks like Olsen and Collins have got out together and Olsen gets to the corner first. Collins is back in third place going around the outside of Dave Jessup and now Collins chasing after Ali Olsen. Take it away from these two riders. They're having the most colossal battle. Olsen leads. Second place is Collins. Let's just sit back and enjoy this tremendous action.
3: You've now written this book detailing your time. It is a, a chunky production, I'll say. It's, it's, there's a lot of pages in there and a lot of stories. Why, why now? Why, why, is, why is now the time for you to, to be going back through these memories and putting this incredible book together?
2: Well, for a number of years, I've been reading... Um a lot of the autobiographies and books done by a lot of my um, competitors and other riders that I used to race against. And I realised that at some point I had to do my book and um, I needed to do it while I could still remember everything because I really do have a good memory and I can remember a lot of interesting stuff. And the book's actually not just about the racing side and stuff, it's all about the family life and home life and family history and you know a lot of the stuff that used to happen out on the road. Funny stories that people basically don't want, had no chance of knowing.
3: That's the stuff that people want, though, isn't it, Peter? They, they, that, they that's want to know how I looked stories. at it. They
2: needed a different book, not just about how many how many points I scored at Bellevue yeah. one night. They want to know, you know, more about you know what you did in your spare time and um, you know uh, the things that happen to you when you're on the road and stuff. Because you know the amount of travelling that I used to do. I used to drive thousands and thousands of miles a year all over the world. And, um, you know, such funny things happen when you're out on the road with, you know, your teammates and stuff. So, uh, you know, I decided that I wanted to put a lot of that in the book. So I started doing it in January of this year uh, and decided to devote the whole of this year to finishing this book.
3: You've done it. Yeah,
2: because also not only was I doing the book, but I've also had two shoulder replacement operations. I had one in early February, and the second one, um, 30th of. Wow, so it's
3: been a it's been a busy year for you.
2: So, <laughs> I thought while I'm sort of incapacitated, you know, it's perfect time for me to write it because. Um, I tend not to use a keyboard and computer to write stuff. I still do it in the old freehand way.
3: Done it the old-fashioned way. So you've really written it all down then.
2: In the new year, sort of January time, I saw Dawn French on the TV, and she, she said that she'd just finished a book, and she'd gone to Cornwall for six weeks to write this book in solitude on her own. And she said she was doing it. She was taking an A4 notepad, a load of pencils, and um, a rubber eraser and a pencil sharpener yeah. and she was going to do it the old-fashioned way and i thought you know what that's good enough. if it's good enough for Don french it's good enough for me
3: obviously it must be a great source of pride to look back on this it's all in the book now and uh, it is available it's published by retro speedway so you search out their website and you'll find it peter collins mbe keeping it on the tires well, what was the what was the uh, what's was was that, that about yeah like, the- well, when
2: i first started racing mm. uh, my first sponsor jim rollington had some mechanics and always before i went off to a meeting they'd always say that to me keep it on the tires (laughs) and that actually means basically when you're out racing make sure you you stay on the bike yeah don't crash. if you crash it (laughs) and you end up on the center green or in hospital you don't learn anything and you don't earn anything either no so you know you're better off keeping it on the tires and gaining the
3: experience wise advice for any speedway rider there and that, that, that's still true today, isn't it? Well, I still
2: say that to a lot of the lads now. Yeah, you know, it might be a bit old, might be a bit old fashioned, but it's still true to the day. You know, if, you, if you're not on the bike, if you have crashed it and you're watching from the centre green, you're not earning and you're not learning either
3: so when you've thought back about these stories then I mean give us a flavour of, of what life was like on the road then because these days riders are obviously jet setting here, there and everywhere and quite often they've maybe got people doing the stuff for them life would have been different in the 1970s and 80s I would have thought
2: well to be fair because I was so successful I did more meetings in, in the, all over the world than probably anybody else did Um, You know, I know a lot of lads go back and tune out to Sweden and Poland, but I used to do all that as well. And I probably used to go to Germany sometimes two or three times a week, as well as all my British commitments, because these days, you know, their actual race nights, you know, they probably only got fixtures one or twice a week. Whereas in my time, we had like clubs that used to race every day of the week. Like on a Monday, there was like Reading, Exeter, um, lots of other ones, Newcastle, and on a Tuesday we had Leicester, which I was nearly always at Leicester on a Tuesday. Then Wednesdays we had the likes of White City down in London. Um, Thursday was Sheffield, Ipswich. Um, you know, so every day of the week I was riding. Sometimes I went for about a month and probably did in 30 days, I probably did 32 meetings in 30 days, sometimes two in a day. I was
3: gonna say that means that's, that's, that's twice in a day then. Yeah.
2: yeah, so the amount of traveling and driving that we used to do and flying. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And the people that used to meet out and about on the road, um, you know, it was very similar to what all the, the pop groups were doing at the time, all the music people. They were, they were all doing the same sort of traveling like us in bands and trucks and things.
3: Um, you're living a rock star lifestyle in a we way. We were, absolutely,
2: yeah. And we did meet a lot of rock stars in, during that time, yeah. Who have you met? Um, we sort of met Jeff Lynne from ELO and um, The Searchers, The Hollies, and um, in my free time, I used to go and watch a lot of these bands during the time, because during the 70s, it was a massive sort of clam rock time with the music and stuff. Mm. And I recently met one of my heroes, um, Noddy Holder out of Slade. Um, I'd got close to seeing him a few times in, in, in the past, but it was actually at a, a neighbour's party a few weeks ago. And um, I got a picture taken with Noddy, which was brilliant. So, you know, no, even heroes have got heroes. <laughs> well,
3: that's, that's a fantastic, fantastic yeah.
2: time. I spent a lot of times driving to Germany and, um, you know, the border crossings and things like that with your old paperwork and passports and all that used to go through yeah. in the pre Europe days. Um, and some of the things that used to happen and also going into Poland and that in later years because when Poland first kind of opened up to the west, western riders and that I was the one that initially did all the contracts for well about six or eight of the riders that went to Poland first Mm. so I was very much involved with all that and me and my mate Alan Ratcliffe, we used to take all the bikes to Poland in March before the season started and then pick them up in October before the season, when the season finished. But you know, some of the times that we had, some of the fun that we used to have on the road and stuff, things that you wouldn't believe.
3: thing that people will always associate you with as much as being a Bellevue legend of course being world champion as well there's not many people who have been world champion you achieved it you got right to the very top of the sport and in that era as well when you consider the riders that were also in that field um, a huge a huge achievement to win it The problem
2: was that um, during my time there were such a lot of good riders around like Ivan Major and Ollie Olsen and Mm -hmm. Anders Micheneck and a lot of good English riders like Dave Jessup and John Louis and Malcolm Simmons so you know, I didn't have it all my own way at all.
3: No, but an incredible feel to say that you've done it against those riders.
2: Well, I obviously was born at the right time because during the 70s, the sport was booming and, um, you know, there's a lot of TV coverage and coverage and also like the, you know, like the, the tabloid newspapers and that used to carry such a lot of um, speedway. Yeah. I mean, when I won the world final in 1976, the Daily Mirror carried, had a picture of me on the front page and on the back page. So, I mean, that doesn't happen today either, does it? No, very rarely, very rarely. Yeah. And being on like prime time TV yeah. on Saturday afternoon on World of
3: Sport, ITV World of Sport. And there was only the three, well, two channels, three channels then. Absolutely, yeah. It,
2: so. so, you know, virtually everybody was watching then. Yeah. And so many people
3: now when I'm out and about in the world, they, they remember that. This bike that's, that's with us here this evening, tell us about this this bike that you brought to the event tonight at Longsight. Well, Saturday it is the week.
2: bike, the Westlake bike, that I won the 1976 World Championship. This is the one? On, yeah, this is the one. In a Katowice in Poland. Wow. In front of 130,000 people. That's a that's decent crowd, isn't it? I mean, these days, you, you don't get crowds that size for football matches in the Northern Hemisphere, do you? Yeah, they anywhere. might have a few... Um, stadiums like that in South America that will hold that many people, but 130,000 people in one stadium, can you imagine the atmosphere there? Peter
0: Collins just coming in here, he has 12 points, a second place here will be good enough to bring the title back to England for the first time in 14 years, his opposition on the inside, Ivan Major the Danger Man in the red grid one, next to him Valery, Vladimir Gordea from the Soviet Union on the outside, Marek Cieslik, let's watch Collins and he's away! and Major are away together, Major leads it, Collins is in second place, this will do it but I don't think Peter will be happy to sit back there in second place for long, a second place will be sufficient for Peter Collins to bring the world crowd back to England, Major leads it and Collins is going to play safe. The Eastern Europeans are a long, long way back. There's no danger to Peter, providing he doesn't do anything very daft. Major leads. Collins, a second place, is sufficient. He's looking over his shoulder. You've got all the time for on PC two laps away and this for so many involved with english speedway is really the fulfillment of a dream we've been to sweden we've been to australia we've been to america following the fortunes of the english speedway boys we have seen the england team win the world cup three times on itv we have never seen an england world champion and although it's ivan major in front there he is there collins is sitting back High, wide and handsome in second place. He's just got about 50 metres to go as they go over the line. Major wins that one, but Collins has won the title. The title comes back to England and the English contingent absolutely jumping mad.
3: And so sitting next to this bike now, the bike that took you over the line, I mean, it's in immaculate condition, but what's your your memory of that moment where it was all you know sealed that you'd actually done it it was yeah well obviously
2: I mean I was I realized very early on that I should keep all my old bikes that uh, I'd used in big meetings like that and also of course like the my world championship winning bike I had to keep that and I've um, recently refurbished it so it's yeah it looks incredible it's kind of in prime condition
0: 1976 World Champion, you must be the calmest Englishman in the place. How does it feel to be the official number one of the world? I just can't believe it. It's not struck it's not struck me at all yet. I'll probably crack up when it does. <laughs> but I mean, those first couple of three races you had a really battle, you weren't starting. Did you really think you were going to win it after one race or
2: two races? Or when did you really think that crime was within your grasp? Well, I thought my first two races were the hardest, and it turned out that they were, and after those first two, well, everything just seems to go great for me, um, and I only needed a second place to win it in the last race, so I didn't do anything silly. I just sat there and in second place That's and crossed the line. Fantastic,
3: Pete. When, when we Think of, of 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 the Collins, of course. You the, you're a, you're a family. Oh, of the dynasty of speedway, with all my brothers, dynasty, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I my, my only experience of riding a speedway bike was with Aden Collins. Oh, his, of course, you've his, done the ride and skid it the, at Buxton, I did it? the ride and skid it yeah. yeah. And he was saying that the conversations around meal tables, when you're all together, maybe throw in more in there as well, and, and, and those conversations could be quite fun.
2: Oh, yeah, we've obviously all got lots to talk about because we've all done so much. But, like, Les and Neil, mm. they've had the more team appearances for any other riders on the planet.
3: Yeah.
2: They've done more team racing than any other riders.
3: So that's their argument, but then you come back with...
2: Yeah, well, I'm very proud about, you know, basically my 154 caps for England, which is a record. Yeah. I can't ever see that record going because there just aren't enough... England matches anymore, or, <laughs> nice, or, nice. or internationals. It's
3: a very good point, yeah.
2: And of course, me eight, oh sorry, me ten, um, FIM gold medals for me, five World Team Cups, yeah. four World pairs and of course, me 76 World Final. So you know, having there's pictures of all my medals and stuff, with that in there. Yeah. When I say all, I mean the World Championship ones. And my my three British League medals are in there as
0: well. Inside we've got Eric Booncock in the dark coloured helmet. Next to him we have Anders Mitchenek digging up some dirt, trying to get a bit of extra drive to fly out of this starting grid. Next to him we have Collins and on the far outside, Tommy Jansen. Remember, it's all square, it's all on this one. England versus Sweden, Heat 13, Sheffield Stadium, a light and buzzing, and here they go. Away! Boopock has missed the side. Boopock is reared Vigenek is so first Vigenek is so first Collins in second place Tommy Johnson what a tragedy for England because Eric Boopock re dreadfully in Sweden in front sweet for Vigenek Collins battling with all his heart to bail the and in England and Collins coming through on the inside Vigenek closes again the game on him Collins trying so hard for the a 19 year old whisky. trying to get under under Vigenek this is what it's all about Johnson is not finished Vigenek Collins trying and it's Tweed in mid-front, Tommy Johnson, Eric Boogock's back in contention now. At the moment, this complete retreat will win, Michonnek in front, Collins, then Johnson. Collins coming again, Collins trying of all it, Michonnek looks in command at the moment, he knows where he is, he's so clever, he's so crafty, he knows exactly where he's going to come from and Collins is driving outside, he's close again. game, Boogop's coming back in the contention at the back now, Collins going round the board in tremendous style and I think he's going to do it. Fantastic, Luke, come on the inside, on this last lap. England are to win it. England are win it.
3: Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Peter, for for sharing um, some details of the book. And um, as I say, it's it's got loads of pictures in there and and some fantastic stories as well. And uh, if you were to pick out one story, then one chapter from this, what was your what's the favourite chapter that you, from from the book that you've written?
2: Well, there's such a lot, you know, from, like, the early days of, like, um, from the family and Mm. my mum and dad bringing us up on a farm and that. So we had access to motorbikes and, you know, tracks around the farm and stuff. So our parents did such a lot for us. Yeah. Which we all carried that on into later life.
3: Yeah. The farm years uh, were, you know, legendary.
2: Yeah, because I've done all my family history and it goes back to... Farmers in Carrington over 500 years ago. Wow. Oh, well, you're deeply rooted in, in Manchester, then, aren't you? Yeah, well, obviously, <laughs> also the training grounds for Manchester United and Manchester City yeah. and Sail Sharks in Carrington are on land that my ancestors used to farm.
3: Are they? Yeah. Wow. See, it uh, all, all comes back to the Collinses.
1: <laughs> Looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Thanks very much for speaking to us, Peter, and and all the very best with, with the book too. You're welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. Peter Collins, MBE, and uh, a little chat I had before he signed hundreds of copies of his book, Peter Collins, Keeping It on the Tyres, his official autobiography, and you can find out more about it at retro-speedway.com. Um, before we go, a, a few times Peter mentioned in that that some of his favourite tales were tales from being on the roads. And I just wanted to read you a little excerpt of uh, a time that he visited Perth. In Australia and met up with Ken Beckett and his uh, wife Anne for a meal and after they had a, a pleasant evening they raised their wine glasses to yet another toast to the mechanics of course which they respected hugely because without the mechanics they would be struggling and a little ritual every time that they met up for dinner was to pay tribute to the mechanics but Ken who he was with was always game for a laugh and it was on a trip in Poland in 1974 he and Simo played a practical joke on a photographer for the Speedway Mail, um, Alf Whedon. who was also the co-owner of the Speedway Mail and on a arrival at Katowice Airport, they all had to open their suitcases to be checked by security staff. And just before Alf picked up his luggage to proceed through the terminal, Simmo and Ken quickly undid both clips on Alf's suitcase while his back was turned and Alf was saunting across the road, about to join the rest of the party, waiting by the bus to take them off to their hotel, when suddenly his suitcase burst open. His wife-runs tumbled out and started blowing down the road with other items of his clothing. The commotion happened in full view of the Polish police. Of course, Poland was a slightly different place there, behind the Iron Curtain. But luckily, the Polish guards found it just as funny as everyone else. There you go, the story of... Alf's wife runs are <laughs> fully detailed in uh, Peter Collins' book, Keeping It on the Tyres. There's plenty more. So there's over 500 pages and uh, £25 RRP, but get the, uh, the details. You might even get yourself a signed copy as well, retro-speedway.com. Thanks for listening. Um, check back through our previous episodes if you've not heard them before. We've got uh, chats with all sorts of people from the world of Speedway. Uh, this is our most recent one for a little while. Uh, But there's plenty of stuff to go back from over the past couple of years. Uh, We're chatting with Stuart Robson, who is going to be having his um, testimonial, in fact, uh, at the start of the 2023 season at Redcar. So you can hear that. Uh, Neil Vatcher, the Great Britain Under-21 manager and also the uh, man in charge of all the referees at the SCB. We spoke to him uh, earlier in 2022, also spoke with uh, Paul Aykroyd, top former referee and now the man in charge of the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund. We also chatted with uh, Tom Brennan, who, uh, of course, is uh, Speedway of Nations World Champion, also the uh, league champion with the Bellevue Aces this year as well. Jordan Jenkins, Adam Ellis, Phil Lanning, uh, son of uh, a man we've heard quite a bit in this episode of uh, son of uh, Dave Lanning, of course, uh, David Howe, Chris Louie and uh, another Collins, Aiden Collins, and uh, of course, he is the son of uh, Les Collins, uh, Peter's brother, and uh, therefore nephew of Peter Collins as well. So uh, have a listen to any and all of those at your leisure. There's much more besides, and we're aiming to do some brand new episodes very, very soon on Humans of Speedway. Thanks a lot. Take care, and we'll catch you soon.
2: Podcast Network.